Hello, folks. I hope you're having a great day. My name is Dean Gashler, and I just recently retired from Walt Disney World as the Grand Marshal Coordinator. You're listening to Stories of the Magic. I hope you enjoy this. Welcome to Stories of the Magic, an unofficial Disney podcast with your host, Randy Crane. Hear stories from Disney cast members, Imagineers, artists, and more right here on Stories of the Magic. And now, here's your host, Randy Crane. Welcome to episode 100 of Stories of the Magic. I'm Randy, your host. Thank you for joining me. If you're new to Stories of the Magic, we are a positive and story-filled Disney podcast offering stories from cast members, Imagineers, artists, actors, and more, including guests, promoting a mutual love of Disney, celebrating and preserving the Disney magic and legacy, and inspiring people to live their dreams just as Walt Disney did. If that appeals to you or piques your curiosity, you're definitely in the right place and I am glad you're here. Well, three plus years and 46 guests after beginning, we've made it to 100 episodes. Whether this is your first time listening or you've heard them all, thank you for making this possible. And if you've shared a story or left a review, an extra special thank you. By the way, if you're wondering why I don't sound a little more excited, it's for a very good reason. You see, I'm recording this about 1.30 in the morning, and my daughter is asleep in the next room. If you have kids, you know that the first rule is that when a baby is sleeping, you do whatever you have to to not wake them up. And so, as excited as I am for 100 episodes, I'm doing my best to be sure our little princess stays asleep. As I'd hoped it would be, this episode is going to be all about and from you, listeners and fans of Disney. I've got voicemails and Facebook messages and emails from fellow Disney fans, and in some cases fellow podcasters, sharing a favorite Disney memory or what makes Disney special to them. In this very special show, that's what I'm going to share with you, and I hope you enjoy them. Now, let's turn the page and begin this story. Or in this case, I guess I should say, these stories. And now, it's time for listener feedback on Stories of the Magic. Hello, uh, this is Jeremy. I'm the pan over at the Neverland Podcast at po- NeverlandPodcast.com. And I wanted to share a quick Disney memory uh, for Randy Crane and his lovely show, Stories of the Magic. Uh, this is going to be kind of a fun memory. Uh, this is not from working there. This is just as being a guest. And I, I want to take you to how this was my first time I walked into Walt Disney World. I had been wanting to go... <laughs> probably my entire life I'd always wanted to go to Walt Disney World I'd never been to any sort of Disney park and I'd had friends that had gone and you know I'd get to hear stories and see some pictures and things like that uh, became a big fan of the Haunted Mansion because I had gotten a cassette tape of the old Ron Howard uh, story there uh, and I listened to the daylights out of that thing and uh, I managed to digitally copy it on my computer so I could burn it to a CD uh, and I just kept that recording from that tape for the longest time and just loved it, and you know, did a lot of research on the Honda Mansion and things like that. Um, but you know, I still had never gone to the park. Uh, and I, this was in 2009. I was about 32 years old when a friend of mine was planning to go, and it was cheaper for him to bring someone with him. 
Uh, he's a single guy. I was married at the time. Um, but he decided he would bring me as his second person because he got discounts with two of us. So I thought, well, that's a great idea for both of us because I'd never gone to Walt Disney World. But to what makes this story kind of fun and special? Because, you know, having dreamt of all this all my life, my parents never been able to afford. Uh, and even my senior year trip, because it's, you know, your family or you know, sometimes people go with their friends. But, you know, when you're senior year and you graduate, they want to do something special. My parents couldn't manage to get me to a Disney park, so we went over to Six Flags in St. Louis, and, and that was new and different, because I'd never been there, and so that was fun, and they had just opened that Batman roller coaster, and I took a photo uh, out in front of it with the Batmobile and everything, so that was great, but it doesn't quite compare when we first walked, walked into the Magic Kingdom. Now, keeping in mind, I'd been dreaming of this in my entire life of being there, but as I'm first stepping out there and I'm taking my first glimpse down Main Street, a parade had just started. And the song was saying, Celebrate the Dream Come True. Uh, sorry, I've got the background noise here. But yes, it was Celebrate a Dream Come True uh, was the main lyric of the song. And I have this all on uh, on a video. But that, that was literally actually what had happened to me. The dream had actually just come true. Uh, so it was a wonderful memory, and I just figured I'd share it. This story was shared by Valerie Vorpagel. Possibly Vorpagel, I'm not sure how to pronounce that G there. Uh, in response to my Facebook request. And she says, My favorite Disney experience to date was when I Disney-bounded as Princess Ariel and Bombshell Mera. Or possibly Mera. I'm not familiar with my DC Comics characters. I'm sorry about that, Valerie. Anyway, she says that her favorite was Disney-bounding as Princess Ariel and Bombshell... I'm going to say Mera. Disney-bounding is when you dress as your favorite character using regular clothes. I was nervous, and most of the cast members during the morning were curt or outright disapproving. But the afternoon was completely magical. Cast members were addressing me as Princess Ariel and asking me how I got out of Fantasyland or if Princess Eric knew I left the castle. And I would giggle and point a toe, I have legs now! I can go wherever I want! There was a gentleman, probably in his early 60s at the train station, who started clapping and jumping up and down when he saw me. I waved to him, and he pretty much freaked out. He asked if he could take my picture, and his family thanked me. It was just so much fun hearing a little girl whisper to her mom, Look, it's really Ariel. Valerie also included a photo, which I've put in the show notes, so you can see a picture of her in that outfit when she was Disney bounding. Hey Randy, this is Chris Shepard from Successful Performer Cast at SuccessfulPerformerCast.com. I just wanted to congratulate you on 100 episodes. Uh, I've only been listening for a relatively short time, uh, but I've been really, really enjoying your interviews. Your show is wonderful, so thank you so much for bringing that. Uh, you're doing a, a really, really good thing, and uh, keep up the good work, Randy. Uh, I also wanted to share a moment of magic that uh, my family and I uh, recently experienced uh, when we were there. Uh, we were there for one of the uh, at, at Disneyland for one of the pass uh, holder perks, and that was uh, I think it was called Seize the Night. And so we were there uh, from uh, like after hours up until two in the morning. But we were coming around to the end of that, and we were coming back uh, around. Uh, near Small World, starting to head back to the front of the park. And there was uh, one of the Disney cast members who works at one of the shops there. Uh, she came up to our, our family with uh, with three lollipops, one for each of our kids, and, and said, thank you guys so much for being here. And that was just uh, you know, certainly not something that was 
expected of her from us, but it was a really, really great thing that she did. It really helped to kind of put an end cap on our day, and uh, it was it was really cool, something that uh, that really made a, a big difference for us. So uh, once again, Randy, keep up the good work. Thank you for doing your show. I'm really enjoying it. Take care. Next up is a story from Natalie Fultz. She says, I am a former cast member. I worked Fantasyland attractions at Walt Disney World. One night, while working parade crowd control, I was talking to a cute little princess who was going to help me, quote, turn off the lights, end quote, for the nighttime parade. While talking to her and her family, I learned that her mother, a single mom, had lost her wallet in a restroom earlier in the day, and while the wallet itself had been returned, her cash and cards had been taken. It was the final night of their trip, and Mom just seemed defeated. I knew I had to do something to save their last night. So after the parade, I told my manager I would be taking my break on stage for a magical moment. I took them to the nearest stand and got them both a Mickey Premium Bar and a bottled water, and we all three headed to Fantasyland together. I let the little princess pick any two rides she wanted to ride. She picked Winnie the Pooh first, because Mom had told her earlier the line was too long. So the three of us headed up the fast pass line, and I put them on a honeypot. I was going to wait for them at the exit, but the little girl insisted I come too. After bouncing with Pooh, she chose Dumbo. This was 04, so the old Dumbo. So I walked them to the exit ramp and put them on the next flight. My break was over, so I had to rush away, but not before Mom hugged me with tears in her eyes and thanked me for reminding her that there are still people who care what kind of day you're having. To this day, it still makes me smile to know that I helped turn an awful memory into one that maybe isn't quite so bad. All right, Randy, so with the 100th episode of The Stories, you love stories from people where Disney has touched your lives and so much more, so I'm doing this on the cuff for you because I love how you're always bringing the stories to life here at your show. So with that, I'm Jonathan Johnson for all of your listeners who have no clue who I am, and I'm the host of DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com, and Disney has affected my life throughout my entire life, and I kid you not, I know people say that kind of stuff all the time, they really do, but there's so many different stories I could go, I mean, all the way through the time when I know I was six months old, and it was my first trip to Walt Disney World, and mind you, I don't remember that, but I've seen the pictures. Now, how can I just pick one or two or, I mean, seriously, there's so many different stories I could go with, but I will go with maybe two different stories here for uh, to help you celebrate your 100th year. And one of those is the moment I realized that Disney affected me to the point where I wanted to be an animator for a living. I mean, I grew up, I loved watching Disney movies, the animated movies, the Sunday night movies, the wonderful world of Disney, you name it. Um, there was a time when I was probably about nine years old. And, uh, you know, looking back now, I'm trying to remember what the movie was. I believe it was The Black Cauldron, actually. And The Black Cauldron hit the theaters. And there was something that struck me about it at that time. The story just really drew me in. I was just really entranced by it. And most of all, I was entranced by who created the voices for all the animated characters. So I'm sitting there trying to figure out who did the Horned King and who did all these different characters from the Black Cauldron. Now, I know that this has a cult, you know, fan following now of a film, but, you know, when I was nine, it was it was not even a huge box office hit. But at that time, I caught this making of the Black Cauldron special that was on the Disney Channel. And 
It was fantastic. It went behind the scenes, how they drew it, how the animation process was working, and how they were developing it from this book and, uh, you know, a series of books, actually, that were fantastic books for, uh, you know, children to read and even adults even now. But there was something about the drawing aspect of it. And at the time, I wasn't the best artist. Not at all. But something clicked. There was something at that moment, and I remember that year, where I went ahead and I started looking at all the Disney movies. Who did the voices? Who were the animators on these? How did they develop the the characters and the drawings? And I would practice my drawing nonstop. I would sit locked in my room and draw character after character and Mickey Mouse after Mickey Mouse. And there would be a point where I would start trying to voice the characters myself because I really just got drawn into that and really loved it. And I remember looking back and, you know, that movie was really that pivotal role, that that time where I realized this is it. This is what I want to do and I'm going to make it happen. And during that time, you know, the one thing that makes it so memorable is I also remember that was the time I realized that Michael Eisner at the time was the face of Disney and he was all over the wonderful world of Disney and Sunday night movie intros and he was kind of like the new generation of Walt. And there was something about it where I sat back and I was like, I want to be up there. I want to be part of this. I want to be the one hosting these shows or at least bringing the movies to life. And from that time on, I started collecting every Disney movie, every animated cell I could get my hands on. Yes, even at nine and ten years old, I would go out and deliver papers. I was a paper boy, you know, back when kids actually delivered the papers. And I would save up my money and buy Disney movie after Disney movie and research every single character and every it was just ridiculous and it got to the point where I really got familiar and entrenched with the people behind all the movies not just the characters like we have all these characters in these movies that really call out to us but there was something about the people behind it that had their own stories to tell that really just drew me in and from that point on I was non-stop you know Disney-holic I mean every essay at school had to do with Walt Disney. It had to do with some animated movie or a live action movie. I was spending my time drawing, even caricatures of friends. And the one thing that makes this story magical is pretty much this is what guided me all the way through what I went to school for in college even. And, you know, being an artist and animation and all these different things. And it kind of guided me on the path of what I do now to the point where It truly is part of my life, and I've even passed this on to my kids where they ask me how to draw. I'm not a good artist, and I keep telling them, some artists, yes, it comes naturally, but myself, I wasn't. It's it's all in how you teach yourself. It's all in how you look at things. And you got to look at things like Walt, I always say. You got to look at things like Walt. You got to look at things like an animator, and you got to look at all the little details and then learn how to simplify it so then that way you can bring it to life for everybody and it's just one of those things now I know it's not some big over-the-top magical story but that is one of the stories that really just locked me in into Disney itself now the second one I'm gonna say is a combination of a variety of different things one I could go the obvious route and how Walt has affected my life and Walt Disney really has affected my life trust me to the point where I even have a Walt Disney autograph in my house so Walt Disney has, but I'm sure you're going to get a lot of stories about Walt Disney. And like I said, I have a lot of stories I could probably share uh, about all different aspects of Disney. But the one I'm going to share now is about the Sherman Brothers. And, you know, later on in life, as I was going through college and everything else, and I didn't become an animator just to answer everybody's questions, but 
instead of becoming an animator, I went, I'm still an artist and I work in advertising and design and marketing and I'm an art director and things like that. But there was a time when it was probably, I think, the year 2000 at least. It was about 2000, maybe 2001. Uh, but, you know, there was this time when, you know, everyone has their ups and downs with Disney and, you know, you love it and then all of a sudden you veer away for a while and you come back to it. But it's always a constant in your life. And during that time, I was probably the only guy my age at that time working in a profession, in a career, and I was still talking about my love of Disney and uh, all the different things I love and all the different music and movies and memories and so many different aspects of Disney that it led me to the Sherman Brothers. And at the time, nobody really cared about the Sherman Brothers. I mean, I hate to say that, but back in that time, nobody cared about the Sherman Brothers. They were like, oh yeah, they wrote the music for Disney. Yeah, they wrote the music definitely not as popular as it is now you know it's much like a dole whip and everything else you loved it before it was popular and now all of a sudden it's cliche and everybody loves it you know that's how it was with the sherman brothers and i had a chance to meet the sherman brothers back then both of them on a happen chance i had one of their books um not with me so let me backtrack here but i met them i saw them they were actually at one of the parks so making it magical back to walt I was actually at a park, and both the Sherman Brothers were there. And I don't remember why they were there, but my dad pointed out, that's the Sherman Brothers. And I'm like, those are the guys. Those are the guys I want to meet. And I talked with them, and it was so just deep and fun. And they really told me just to keep following my dreams. And I explained to them how Disney is much more than the animated movies in the parks. It's the music. It's getting entrenched into the memories and the magic. And you listen to a song, and it takes you back to when you were a child. And even now, I'll listen to a song that brings me back to my childhood. And in the same song, it'll bring me back to my children's childhood that I'm passing on to them and how they play this role into it. And, you know, long story short here, because I don't want to monopolize Randy's show, but um, they had released their newest book called Walt's Time. And it was a fantastic book. So long story short, all of you guys listening in here, is I knew it was them then. My dad pointed it out. I was looking at it, um, you know, working in a career in a field, you know, grown man at this point. So I rushed into a store right there at Disney, picked up the Walt Time book, and went over there and talked with them. Like I said, you know, I got to speak with them and tell them all these stories. And I actually have an autograph from them in the book, which I do have posted in a variety of places. But long story short, it was just one of those memories that has stayed with me forever. It's one of those quotes that they put in that book that is one of those quotes that whenever I'm feeling I can't accomplish something or I can't do exactly what I wanted to do or I can't move um, forward in my career as much as I I wanted to or, you know, you're looking to give up. Um, It's one of those quotes where those are the kind of things where I look back at it and I make sure that it reminds me exactly of why I'm there. Now you're wondering, what exactly did they write? So right now, the inscription says, To Jonathan, may the music of Disney continue to inspire you to follow your dreams and make the impossible possible. Finally, Richard M. Sherman and Robert B. Sherman. So that right there, there you go, everybody listening in. A couple of Disney stories and magic, and I hope that helps brighten up the 100th episode here for Stories with Randy. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. And if you ever catch me around, only if you're finished listening to Randy's show first, definitely pop on in and uh, you know check out our show at DIZradio.com as well. So, Randy, happy 100th. I hope I shared a memory that didn't bore people to death. And uh, let's keep the magic alive. And as I always say, same as Walt, Anybody who knows me knows this is true. 
Take time, slow down, and never neglect family for business. This story was shared with me by Donna Ning. Actually, I don't know if I pronounced that last name right. I'm very sorry if I didn't. It's N-G. Uh, I actually went to junior high and part of high school with a girl who had that same last name. Honestly, I think I had trouble pronouncing it then, too. But I want to make sure that I did my best here. Uh, but anyway, she shared this via the uh, request that I made on Facebook. And she says, My favorite Disney experience was this past January. I was running in the Dopey Challenge, which is called Dopey for a reason. Four years ago, I had to have multiple spinal cord surgeries and was told I may never walk again. I love all things Disney, so I decided that running and Disney combined could be nothing short of a miracle for me. I took my mom with me since the last time we visited Disney World was when my grandfather passed away 20 years ago. The day I finished the Dopey Challenge, my mom was there with tears in her eyes, saying, You proved them all wrong. We got to share so many memories, and the cast members went above and beyond congratulating me and being so excited for me after I told them why I thought that running at Disney was the ultimate dream for me. Disney will always hold a most special place in my heart, as it really is the places where dreams come true. Hey, this is Rob Myrick of the WDW Navigators podcast. Um, I'm recording this Stories of the Magic uh, piece for Randy Crane um, as he is looking for stories for his 100th episode. I figure there's you know very few stories that equal getting married at Walt Disney World, which my wife and I did one year ago, actually today. Um, I'm a huge Disney fan, have been pretty much most of my life um, she is not never has been um, had been once maybe before we got married um, we were together for eight years and she knew my love of Disney and when the time came for us to uh, get married we decided that Walt Disney World was the place to do it uh, we rented out the Disney one yacht uh, that's moored over at the Grand Floridian. Uh, there is a limit of 18 people when you when you rent the yacht. Um, so obviously we had to pare down uh, our guest list quite a bit because uh, she has a fairly large family and I have family that's spread all over. And what we did is we had, uh, of course, our minister our official was my now wife's best friend um she had uh three bridesmaids i had uh really only had one groomsman that was her brother um and we had some photographers and we had other family and friends that were there and uh so we pushed that 18 18 members to the limit um and Beautiful night, absolutely beautiful night, and we uh, left the dock. And we cruised around, and I sat on the upper di- upper deck with the captain and crew while she was down in the stateroom getting ready. Um, we 
the captain was really good about knowing what we wanted to do. We had expressed the fact that we wanted to get married in front of the castle, but before the wishes fireworks occurred. Um, so he and the crew did a very good job of, of just cruising around and, and letting us see Seven Seas Lagoon um, from many different vantage points. We uh, spent a lot of time just talking and, and chatting while she was downstairs getting ready. And then we uh, said, he said, it's time. You know, we're it's about, I think at that point it was about 25 minutes before wishes occurred. We knew our ceremony was going to be about 15 minutes. Uh, so we, he cr cruised over to... Uh, just outside of the um, blocked off area where you see a lot of the resort launches pull over to the Magic Kingdom. Um, we cruised over there. He faced the back of the boat so that my wife and I and our guests were looking at the Walt Disney World Railroad uh, Depot and, and we could see the castle in the background. And... Um, we went through the ceremony and the best part of it was is uh, you know my wife was who was very nervous um was so focused on myself and the officiating person that she did not even notice that the the electric water pageant was going by and we were at the part of the ceremony where i had already said my part and I had already said my my dues because I knew I loved her and I knew there was no not saying yes. So there was nothing for me to focus on. I, I was in, I knew. So I'm watching the electric water pageant go by. <laughs> and she didn't even have an idea that it was going by at the time. She didn't even see it. She had no clue that it was going by until she saw the photos several days later. Um, so we... We got through the ceremony beautifully, absolutely beautifully. Um, and then we all moved inside to the stateroom to cut the cake and drink champagne, walked back out, and we watched the absolute most spectacular um, uh, presentation of wishes I've ever seen in my life. Um, it was just absolutely breathtaking um, our photographer who was a former Disney photographer he knew the wishes score he knew how the rhythm of it was going to go he knew which fireworks were the hearts so we were watching and we were um, we were watching the fireworks and he would say okay now I want you to kiss and we would kiss and then when we got the photos back the big heart firework was in the background over above us kissing uh, absolutely the most perfect night of my life um and, and you know and, and her even not being a big disney fan was absolutely you know taken aback by the beauty and how how beautiful it was um and it was you know it's just one of those things where it, it's a once in a lifetime thing and it was the greatest moment of my life and it'll never be replicated even though you know we went back we've been back to disney many many times since then because we've moved to orlando 
Um, and we watch Wishes occasionally. And, and um, But it's still nothing that, that competes with that night. And then and, and never will be anything that competes with that night. Um, and then the, I guess, uh, coup de gras to the whole thing was... And, and, you know, we had all planned out, you know, this, the, the ceremony, the I do's, the vows, we had all planned out the, the music was all planned out. Everything was all planned out except for one little secret that I had kept to myself. And, um, anybody that knows me knows that I'm a huge fan of the movie up. Absolutely. Uh, probably the best movie Pixar has ever put out. And so... When the time came at the end of the ceremony, but just before wishes occurred, um, I pulled out the grape soda pen that Ellie gave Carl for joining her adventurers club. And I pinned that on my wife's dress and told her that, you know, she was the only member in our, in, in our adventurers club besides myself. And this was the beginning of our adventure. Um, even though we had been together eight years at that point, this was, you know, this was the beginning of the best part of our adventure. And and as of today, we've been married a year and I wouldn't trade anything in the world for it. I I absolutely love her. And, you know, even being a non-Disney person, she's gotten on board with with going to the parks, um, maybe a little more than she likes to some days. Um, and I probably end up spending a little more money than I like to some days, but we still love to go. Um, and, and we've, uh, you know, had some great times there, but nothing, nothing will ever compare to that. So that's been my story of the magic and anybody out there, you can feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I am at Single Rider Line on Twitter. Uh, I am Rob Myrick on Facebook. Um, feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions about how we did it or what we did. Um, we'll be glad to, to tell you our part of it and what we went through. But uh, it's it's absolutely amazing. So. That's my part, and I just wanted to say thank you, Randy, for letting me uh, tell you my story. Hi, Randy. It's Krista Joy from DisneyWaves.com, and I'm calling to share with you my special Disney magical memory story. Um, Back in 2012 or 2013, when I first started blogging about Disney World, I went to Epcot and saw members of the media inside the Cranberry Bog during Food and Wine Festival. They were all wearing waiters and getting served cocktails and desserts. And when I walked by that bog and saw the media in there, I thought, wow, that is how I'll know I've arrived. I get to wear waders in the Cranberry Bog on a media night. And fast forward to last week, Food and Wine Festival and the kind people of Ocean Spray um, have been featured on my blog and my podcast, which is the Living the Dream podcast, and kindly invited me to be a part of the media night inside the bog at the uh, Food and Wine Festival at Epcot. 
So my little cranberry dream of wearing waders <laughs> in the bog at Epcot is pretty unique. And uh, But, you know, everybody is entitled to their Disney dream, and mine just happened to involve wearing rubber waders. And I'm thrilled to say that it came true. Um, I also am so thankful that I was able to enjoy Club 33 more than once. Um, one time I was accompanied by none other than Imagineer Bob Gurr. He was there. We were having Gertinis together in the lounge at Club 33 um, earlier this year. It was like a dream. I had to pinch myself. Couldn't believe it was happening. Um, and as you know, running a Disney podcast is so much fun. We get to meet our Disney heroes. Um, and I've met, you know, Paige O'Hara, uh, Voice of Bell, um, Mike Brassell, Voice of Living with the Land, Mark Silverman from the Tower of Terror, so many wonderful, talented Disney people that um, have blessed my life and uh, just having those magical memories a lot these days. But And also, I'm just so thankful that Disney brought you into my life, your special friend, and uh, I appreciate you very much. Thank you for your wonderful show, Stories of the Magic, and uh, I pray that God will richly bless you for, for all that you do, and have a wonderful, magical week. I'll talk to you soon. Next up, we have a story from Lynn Barron, co-host of the Sweep Spot podcast, co-author of the book Cleaning the Kingdom, and a past Stories of the Magic guest. He was actually one of the fairly early ones here on the show. He says, When Randy asked his listeners to submit a story they had about Disneyland, many stories came to mind. Having grown up not too far from Disneyland and going at least once a year as a kid, then later working there, I had many stories to tell. That's one reason my friend Ken and I wrote a book and have a podcast about the great place called Disneyland. What place can someone have a podcast, write a book, blog, and more about one place with such passion, history, and excitement? It is crazy if you think about how passionate people are about Disneyland. There are forums where people can get so worked up when there are changes to this place. People start petitions when an attraction is scheduled to be removed, or a band, or restaurant, or show. In this world, yes, it is a small problem. And there are many bigger issues to worry about and throw time into, but there are reasons people are so passionate about Disneyland. You would think after working there for a total of 11 years I would not want to step foot into the place, but the exact opposite has happened. I can't get enough. It is a familiar place to me, and familiarity sometimes means comforting. I have childhood memories going with my family. Now some of my family are no longer on this earth. I miss them. Going to Disneyland brings back those wonderful memories. My mom and dad shared Disneyland with me when I was a child, and now I am sharing it with my son. Going there with my own family is one of the greatest feelings I get. That is hard to explain, but for many of you, you can relate to that feeling. So yes, working at Disneyland and Custodial created their own memories, but for some reason I am able to separate those from working there and those going with my friends and family. My wife and I would go to Disneyland as pass holders before we were married, and I also have great memories from those times. I remember standing on Main Street watching the fireworks with her and thinking, this is the girl I want to marry and spend the rest of my life with. We have now been married for 16 years. So rather than telling some particular stories, and I have plenty, I thought I would share how special Disneyland is to me and why. I'm glad Randy has created this podcast and highlight the memories many of his guests have about Disneyland. 
For stories about me working at Disneyland, check out our book, Cleaning the Kingdom, at www.thesweepspot.com and our podcast, The Sweep Spot. And I will put links to both of those in the show notes so that people can find them. Hi, everyone. This is Paige from Biz Radio. And I, as I'm sitting here on my porch on this beautiful fall night, I can't help but think of all the amazing nights I spent in the Disney parks. And a memory that I will always treasure is the night that I spent with my dad in the Magic Kingdom. It was extra magic hours, open till 3 a.m., and we started the night out with Splash Mountain. My dad warned me I'd get cold. I told him I wouldn't. And, of course, he was right, so I ended up with a really nice Splash Mountain sweatshirt. But then for the rest of the night, we just kind of wandered around the parks. We hopped on whatever lines we saw for rides that we had to hit that week. And we ended the night over in Tomorrowland, and we rode Space Mountain twice. We hopped on it a third time. There was nobody in line left. We ran straight through the queue. We got off the ride. It was 2.59. Park closed at 3, and we looked over, and we saw that uh, Buzz Lightyear's doors had not closed yet. And so we sprinted across the path to the Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, and we were the very last people on the attraction that night. And once the uh, attraction finished, we walked out, the doors were closed, and just walking through Tomorrowland towards Main Street and having it completely empty, it was so magical. And we got a picture in front of the castle, it hangs still on the wall at my house, and we just strolled our way out of the Magic Kingdom. We stopped in at the Emporium a couple times just to browse. We looked around in all the different shops, and we ended the night with a treat from the confectionery, one of my favorite stores on Main Street, of course. I can't stand passing up sweets, especially Disney sweets. And we walked out of the park that night, and the cast members all said goodnight and waved to us with their Mickey gloves. And just walking to the bus stop that night with my dad, I knew that it was a memory I was going to keep forever. And I really do think about it almost every time I'm just sitting outside in uh, at nighttime and listening to just the sounds that I hear around me. And I can still imagine hearing all the songs from Hello Dolly or Flitterin or Fort Jossity playing on Main Street speakers. So I hope that as you just sit and enjoy this show, uh, Stories of the Magic and hearing everybody's stories, that all of your favorite memories come to mind as well. So have a great day. Hey, hey, Randy, this is Richard. And this is Sarah. From Skywalking Through Neverland. And congratulations on your 100th episode. Oh, stories of the magic. We've had so much fun listening. And so we wanted to share our Disney story. And it actually goes over a couple years. Yeah, this goes with Disneyland. Disneyland, Disneyland story. Yes, so when Richard and I were first dating, it was January and February was coming up which means Valentine's Day. (laughs) And for me now, this was my very first Valentine's Day with an actual date. (laughs) It was very exciting. Before me, it was a cardboard cutout of Han Solo. Yes, exactly. So uh, it happened to fall midweek on a Wednesday, I believe. And so I took half a day off work, and I worked in the valley. And I drove all the way down to Disneyland, where we had decided to have our first Valentine's Day. And then, Richard, you took me to Steakhouse 55. 
yes. for a wonderful lunch. Mm-hmm. And I remember they sweeped off crumbs with a little, with a little, uh, I don't know what that a little a whisk room. Yeah, a little whisk a little dollhouse whisk room. <laughs> yeah, it was really, it was really. Fancy. But that wasn't the most memorable part of the night. No, no, it wasn't. I just, <laughs> for some reason, I remember that a lot. Anyway, but we went over to DCA. We took some fun pictures. We, of course, had to go to Disneyland. Oh, and I have to preface this by saying when we met, we were both annual pass holders already. Yeah. <laughs> so that solved a lot of dating problems. Yeah, then when it came time a few years later for our wedding, there was only one place to go for our wedding photo shoot, and that was Disneyland. Yeah, we even paid extra for our photographers to come and follow us around. <laughs> <laughs> and we went on our, we hit our favorite rides, so we had to go to Star Tours. Of course. We have this awesome picture of us with our backpacks, our Star Wars backpacks, looking over our shoulders and Star Tours in the background. And of course, we made our way over to the carousel. Mm-hmm. And, oh yes, the carousel! Yeah, and we had to get a shot on Jingles, yes. the infamous Mary Poppins horse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and in fact, we were second in line to ride the carousel, and, uh, uh-oh, uh, the then people, what happened? The, the little girl and her dad ahead of us, they had the same plan. They, yes. weren't, they weren't getting married. They just wanted to go on Jingles, too. Yep. So they were kind of walking, but not too fast, over to where Jingles was. And Richard and I zoomed um, (laughs) the other way around. I'm not going to say we knocked them over. And we grabbed Jingles. I'm not going to say that they didn't want the same one, and little girl cried when she couldn't get it. But, hey, you know what? This is our our wedding photos, and the clock was ticking on the photographers. That's right. So we had to get the shot. So I got Jingles, and the little girl and her dad ended up in the horse behind us. And what's really, really funny is if you look in some of the photos, they're photobombing us. There's the dad photobombing. Yeah, he's, he's like got his arms way He's wide. doing the classical putting his hands <laughs> next to his head like the old moose ears thing sticking uh-huh. out his tongue. You would think that would be insulting, but no, that was pretty funny. It was really funny because Richard has another thing he likes to do at Disneyland. I like the photo bomb. <laughs> when he sees a photo being taken in front of the castle or anywhere. Come on, how, how do you not photo bomb? He tries to time it, so he pops right up. I think I'm in thousands and thousands of tourist pictures yep, and videos. I think you are. <laughs> sometimes they know it, sometimes they don't. No, it's true. Sometimes I get really awful looks that people should not be giving at Disneyland. And sometimes people laugh. It's fun. <laughs> anyway. So those are those are our most memorable Disneyland moments. Yeah, and I think some of our fun, fun of the photos from that shoot was it, it happened to be Halloween time at Disneyland, oh, yeah. which is one of our favorite times. Of course, Christmas time is wonderful, but our photos and our and our wedding was in October, so we had to do that. And we have some great pictures in front of the pumpkin. We have some pictures in front of the castle and haunted mansion. So go over to our Facebook page, Skywalking Through Neverland, and you'll see tons of our wedding pictures. Yeah. But this isn't about us. This is about you, Randy. So once again... Happy 100th episode. Yeah, and we can't wait to hear the other stories that are on this episode with us. And remember, Neverland on Alderaan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm Bill Rogers. And I'm Camille Dixon, and you've been listening to Stories of the Magic. That brings us to the end of this week's show. A special thank you to everyone who shared a story or memory. If you didn't, but you still want to, you are always welcome. I can play or read them on any episode. It doesn't have to be just a special one like this. You can comment or post it on the Stories of the Magic Facebook page, send me a private message on Facebook, 
Email podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call the voicemail line at 734-23-STORY. You can even record a message on your phone and email it to me. And if you have a blog, podcast, or whatever, feel free to plug it like some of the people did in this episode. Next time, I've got another author for you, Jeff Barnes. If you've ever wanted to learn from the wisdom of Walt, you won't want to miss this one. I'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Choose from titles like my book, Faith in the Magic Kingdom. You can pick that one or any of the 180,000 plus audiobooks as your free trial book, and it's yours to keep whether you choose to continue your membership or not. To download your free audiobook today, go to storiesofthemagic.com audible. Again, that's storiesofthemagic.com audible for your free audiobook. I already told you about all the different ways that you can get in touch with me, so I'm not going to rehash that, but I will ask you to subscribe to Stories of the Magic in iTunes, the Xbox Music Store, on the website, or you can hear Stories of the Magic while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. If you like the show, please rate and review Stories of the Magic in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever else you listen to the show and can rate it. I've got two new ratings and a review since the last episode, and I appreciate them. I can't see who left the rating, or if it was a review, it's not showing up quite yet. But thank you to Scooby-Doo for your five-star review and very kind words. In fact, thanks to those two, I am officially at 21 ratings uh, in the iTunes store for Stories of the Magic. And that's right where I was hoping to get to. So thank you to the two of you and to everybody else who's left a rating or a review. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, visit storiesofthemagic.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this or any episode. While you're there, check out the show notes for useful links from each episode, too. Like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash stories of the magic. Follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash stories of magic and tweet out that you're listening. Pin it on Pinterest. Tell your friends about the show. Keep letting others know that you're listening so they can join in the magic too. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Stories of the Magic. There will be other days and other stories, but this tale is finished. You've been listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane. If you have feedback, want to share a story of your own, or even be a guest on the show, write to Randy at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call our listener feedback line, 734-23-STORY. And don't forget to visit the website, storiesofthemagic.com for show notes from this and every episode and to leave your comments. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, live your dreams and make the magic in your world.